Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast that analyzes the games that we love, headlines and music, and the movies we can't forget. I'm your host, Winter Burns, and my kind of part say about Morris. What's going on, man? Not a beautiful day, man. Everything's going good. That's good, man. Yeah. Got a lot of topics to get into for this one. Uh, I mean, a lot <laughs> to get into. I mean, every week, brother, the, the lineup is just it's just getting more stacked. Um, obviously, some, some NFL topics, um, NBA, uh, NBA Media Day reaction, um, some out reviews, and the second half, we're going to do a review coming to America. To start off with just thoughts, thoughts on the Giants' major struggles and, you know, Daniel Jones' regression. Uh, Seattle won 24-3, and Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, Witherspoon, and uh, Ken Anua, so each had two sacks. Um, rookie cornerback um, Dave Devon Witherspoon scored on a 97-yard. I mean, he, he went off interception return late in the third quarter, and there was Seahawks tied a team record with 11 sacks. Um, what were your thoughts on the Seahawks' performance, their dominant defense, and also the major issues that we're seeing with the Giants? Because this is really one of those points in the season where we're seeing that everything that's happening with them, with not having um, Saquon Barkley, yes, he really is the cornerstone of what they yeah. do. And when you don't have them, things are just not going to operate the same. You said it there. Um, yeah. Saquon Barkley not being in the lineup. And we're not just saying that for the running game. If you watch our podcast and I always say running game helps out. In this case, it was not help out, but he's a big check down, big check down guy. He's right. he can also uh be utilized in a screen game and help the quarterback get the ball out of his hands really fast. But just going just starting with the Seahawks defense, I think they understand why they were so good and why they were in those Super Bowls and won the Super Bowl uh in the in that the sit that they had when they had Marshawn and Russell Wilson and all those guys. The defense was really, really good. Front seven, the Legion Boom, we already know about those guys. That's what identity they're trying to get back. That Legion of Boom, good guys on the outside, safeties, guys like Earl uh, Earl Thomas. They have that in, you know, have that sense in the secondary and the front seven look really good. Yes, it's against a battered. New York Giants team, but they've been playing good football. And Devin Witherspoon, Pensacola native, has finally introduced himself. It's cold in the house. It's cold in the house. Roger Jones would always say. But this defense looked really good. Now, let's get down to the woes of this Giants team. I, I'm still against Daniel Jones being drafted. You only had one six. I wanted to call him. I know you call it successful. You're at Duke, got drafted. He was a successor uh, to, to Eli Manning. And even coming in, even the offensive line wasn't as bad. They answered a lot of uh, questions at the offensive line. They, they draft Neil, they move, they get some veteran guys. Yeah. But it's not all his fault this year. I think the last two years, it's we've seen him not be able to go through progressions, not be comfortable in the pocket, not be able to go down, you know, go downfield and take it over top with Shepard or uh, Sterling, all those guys, right? Mm-hmm. So this year, this offensive line is so bad awful. that he has nowhere to go but to the ground. Yeah. And that's the sad part. It is not like they're a bad, bad, bad team. But if you can't block anybody, your quarterback can't do anything. I don't even understand how he had 200 yards passing, right? <laughs> when I looked at that stat, I was like, that happened? <laughs> that, yeah. That's, that was, I was like, wait, wait. And Gino only had 100 yards and he had a he has a better offense? Like, this is insane, right? So yeah. that was the, the one of the biggest takeaways 
he can't throw the ball. He had two interceptions because, but I, you can't blame him for those. Well, guess you can. The one on the goal line to Devin Witherspoon, oh my that was ill-advised throw. You had two guys. It was, and then they were not spread out enough. I think it was the wide receivers ran similar routes close to you in, in proximity. You don't throw that. You eat that. Or you, you throw that away. You're on a that five had Peyton Manning. Line. That had Peyton Manning leaning back. He was like. Don't throw. Why did you throw that? Peyton was like, oh, "There's so much I want to say right now. I'm just not going to say it on national television." But it is defense when you're offensive line and you're running for your life. You can't set. You're just trying to make something happen. Those type of throws are going to be uh, going to happen. So right. this this offensive line has to be better. Even Neil, their Previous first round draft pick from Alabama has looked so terrible. It's they they don't have any they don't have nothing for as a former offensive lineman watching them play is like pulling teeth. If I had hair, I would tear my hair out like Homer Simpson. But in this case, I don't have a head of hair, so I already cut my beard, so I can't pull my beard. Uh, so fresh cut, a fresh cut. Yeah, for, yeah. yes sir. So, <laughs> so I don't blame all of the. Offensive woes on Daniel Jones. It's the offensive line and your, your, your top running back, Saquon Barkley, is not there yeah. to to make big plays. And then the wide receivers can't make big plays. They've been banged up. Darren Waller has been banged up. There's a lot of things going on, and you can't get it to one of your the number one your draft pick and wide receiver from from Tennessee because you don't have time to throw. So there's a lot of things going on with the offensive line, and that's the number yeah. one reason why this offense is not progressing as they should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now getting to uh, the Bills um, dominating the Dolphins this past Sunday. Buffalo won 48-20, and Josh Allen threw four TD passes. Buffalo held Miami to three of 10 on third down and over uh, three on fourth down. And, and it's interesting because, you know, we've mentioned uh, in the last episode about how, you know, Josh um, Josh Allen and Buffalo, they're looking more like themselves in, in the past few weeks. And this was a very dominant performance for them offensively. Yes. And some people, you know, the early, you know, early contenders for MVP, Christian McCaffrey has been put in there. Some people are putting Josh Allen in there. What did you think about this win for them? And also, you know, how Josh Allen is performing and, you know, the kind of the regression of this week that we saw from Miami. Put me breaks. Okay. Uh, with Allen, because it's only fifth game of the season. You know, this is six week this week. We've seen him be able to, settled down and play like he did his rookie season and his sophomore season. But then he loves to play hero ball. And I don't know how long this uh, contained Allen that we're going to get. It's going to last because eventually they're going to get down behind because that defense can give up points. And we've Mm -hmm. seen them give up points. That secondary uh, sometimes – are in La La Land. So their defense can give up points. They're pretty right. good in the, in the run defense. But then once he gets behind, he's going to go and, re- and revolt back to be playing hero ball and try to make make a play, force a throw, try to throw some people open. So I would just pump the brakes because we saw that the first few games. Obviously, he gave somebody his incentives uh, in, in his <laughs> first game. <laughs> three interceptions, $250,000. So I love to say be patient and wait for yeah. those moments if he's if he's contains himself and not play hero ball, yeah, for for sure, he's playing lights out, and we know he can do so. But right now, I wouldn't say that. Got to prove it. Got to prove it. Yeah, got to prove it. Has, has, has to take time to prove it. Um, and, and now getting to CJ Stroud's impressive rookie year in Texas win versus the Steelers. Houston won thirty to six at home, and Stroud threw for three hundred six yards. Uh, he also has thrown for the second most yards by a rookie through his first four games in NFL history. 
And we really, I don't think we've mentioned CJ, CJ Stroud at all um, so far this season, but man, he has been just so impressive um, playing at an astonishing level. And really there was doubt about him in the NFL draft. Some people were saying, Hey, like, yeah. don't, don't pick CJ, CJ Stroud, you know, let, let him pass by. Um, and now he's really looking like an outlier in so many aspects of past Ohio state quarterbacks. I was talking to, um, to an Ohio state fan and they said, man, we, we've never really had a quarterback that can translate to the NFL. And CJ Stroud looks like the one, maybe one of the few ones that can do that. Um, so you, what are your thoughts on how he's played so far? And also that the Texas win over the Steelers. Yeah, I think it's slowing down for him a little bit. I think we already know he can make the throws. It was one throw. He, my goodness, to Collins. No, not, not, yeah, it was to Collins. Yeah. And it was put on the spot. We know he has the accuracy. If given the time, I think the offense, he's starting to trust the offensive line. The offensive line is starting to play a little bit better. Now they can open up the playbook. Now it's slowing down a little bit. He had a phenomenal game, two touchdowns. He looked poised. He was making the right throws. And he wants, and he wasn't playing hero ball. A That's lot a of key. rookies, yeah. And a lot of veterans and rookies love to play hero ball when things are not going well. They're, you know, behind the sticks. But what I loved about them, 14 first downs, six six for 14 from third down conversion, really play uh, ahead of the sticks, not behind the sticks. What I mean by that, like third down and 10, third down and 11, third down and 12, those are behind the sticks. When the running game's working and when, the, when he's taking what the defense gives him, he's not behind the sticks. The playbook opens up a little bit more. Yeah. It, so I love that that DeMarco Ryans is giving him that confidence. Hey, this is your football team. Go make it happen. And they beat a pretty good Steelers defense. Yeah. The Steelers, they don't get really <laughs> being like that. It's, it's kind of rare to see that happen. So, I mean, that was that was a, a very impressive win to be able to do that. Right. Um, and, and and now getting into Christian McCaffrey's um, MVP caliber season so far, the 49ers beat Arizona 35-16 to 16 at home. McCaffrey scored four TDs. He also gained – 177 yards from scrimmage, scoring on three runs and, and one catch. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that that face means, but I'm interested to see see what you. But bro, McCaffrey is so versatile. He can do so many different things, man. He's he just like that. Um, that you know how we say in the NBA about Swiss Swiss Army knife type players. Yes. That man, like they're yes. just positionless. Like there's so many different things they can um, function. So many different things they can accomplish. He's able to do that. Christian McCaffrey, he is just he is just one of the most talented players in the league, period. Um, what has it out to you so far about him and also um what the 49ers have been able to do? There's nothing new. We always know what the 49ers are gonna do. No, with Christian I, I McCaffrey. Mean, and McCaffrey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we this is nothing new. <clears throat> He's been doing it at Stanford. He did it with the Panthers before he was because they were running him into the ground. He was right. doing so much, he started getting injured. And you and you give him an opportunity to go to an offensive coordinator who's really good at what he does. He's going to give them the ball. We see that with Debo Samuel. We see that with um, uh, George Kittle. We see that with Mustard when he was over there. Uh, right. Jared McKinnon. So we know Cal Shanahan is capable of making plays and creating plays to get the ball to the playmakers. This is nothing new. Whoever is surprised, you need to wake up. He's been doing this since Steph. No, he's been doing this since Little League, since Pop right. Warner. And he's, I saw one of his interviews, like, if we didn't have a good game, we got grounded. That's how serious it is. It's like, serious Pop, over there for them. Yeah, so he's been doing this since Pop Warner. So this is not a surprise. I love the way they give him the ball. And that takes a lot off 
Debo Samuel, or these other guys, because they was using Debo just like that. Now Debo can uh, rest a little bit. They can create more plays. He can play wide receiver. He has to do all those things. And then that longevity goes up for Debo. So it's a lot of things that they're doing. I love it, but I'm not surprised. This It's Christian McCaffrey. He's been doing this since forever. He really has, man. And and they've got uh, they've got the Cowboys on Sunday night, and I feel like that's gonna be a that's gonna be a really intriguing game because the last two years it's been Dallas, San Francisco, San Francisco beats them, <laughs> and now I mean after what Dallas did to, to, to New England, everybody's singing the Cowboys praises again. They're going back, <laughs> but what stands out to you in, in that in that matchup? Because I feel like it's gonna be the same thing. San Francisco is gonna force Dak to because a lot of times he's able to just kind of like coast because the defense is able yes. to, to, to do so much now it's, yes. it's going to be one of those games where let's let's see him win it they're going to force to they're, he's gonna have to play a complete game of football it's not going to be a, a one half it's going to be they are going to apply pressure he's going to play perfect whatever sense that is for Dak he's going to have to right. play perfect we haven't seen that <laughs> yeah we haven't seen that well, we've seen glimpses. We've seen glimpses of yeah. of that. Maybe his like rookie in sophomore. Oh yeah, his rookie year. Yeah, he was really really crazy. good. But this offensive line with 49ers led by Trent Williams, and Trent Williams has held his own against Parsons, Michael Parsons, last year as well. So this their defensive line is not going to be as potent as we saw the first three games. So he's going to have to play a perfect ball game. Now they have to figure out what they're going to do to Christian McCaffrey. Because they can right. they utilize him in so many ways. If they stop him, they got Debo, you got George Kittle. They got weapons. You got uh guess what I forgot his name, number 44. I think I call him the handyman. <laughs> <laughs> he does everything they want him to do. He comes, he catches balls, he's punt, kickoff, is whatever. He's the handyman. So there's a lot of weapons. And Dak is gonna have to play perfect football. And that running game with Pollard is going to have to help him as soon as possible because they're going to run a lot of cover three, a lot of cover one zone because they don't think that the, the Dallas Cowboys can beat them deep. CeeDee Lamb is is, is big, these short, intermediate routes, so you're going to play a lot of zone up front, and they're going to blitz Dak a lot, I believe. And I think they could get to him. And you already yeah. know they got these guys coming off the edge. One is a Bosa. So Mm-mm. any last name with Bosa, he's coming after the quarterback. <laughs> So he's got to play a perfect game in the sense of whatever that is for Dak Prescott because this this defense is not going to give them as many breaks as the first three games. So it's going to be a tough game. I'm so glad we get this game early in the season. Yes, I'm, I'm really glad because I I, I just I, I do want to just see if is this Cowboys team any different. I mean, I just early early in the season. You know, not yeah. not not one of those like late in yeah. November games. Like let's just, let's just get over with now. <laughs> Um, and, and, uh, and now getting to college football with the, the US, USC Colorado game, um, USC won 40, uh, 48 to 41 on the road and Caleb Williams tied a career high with six touchdown passes. Um, USC was up 34 to seven in the second quarter and Colorado had a, a furious comeback, making a one score game with, um, 143 remaining. And, you know, th- this was one of those games where obviously, you know, USC, they, they get off to that fast start that we're used to seeing, but Colorado is just, just really able to, to, to grind it out to, you know, almost, almost make a comeback, but, but come up short. Um, what's it out to you in this matchup? And, you know, was it more so of, of Caleb Williams? What's it out to you? Or maybe more so of, of Colorado's comeback? No, there's a lot of that, that stood out to me. There's a lot that stood out. This game was a pretty good game. So <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Williams is that guy. He got he got greedy with the interception. That's what he normally does. That's textbook for him. And he, he makes a mistake. But other than that, the man played a perfect game. What a oh, yeah. quarterback. Whoever get, If he goes in a draft next year, whoever gets him is going to get a dog. 
the guy can extend plays. He can run. He, it's he he checks boxes. A lot of uh, tangible things, but also a lot of intangible things at the quarterback position that he has that you cannot teach. But what going to Colorado, they need to learn, and I know they will. They need to learn how to start faster on offense. And we talked about. I said that they were Oregon. They could beat USC. Well, not Oregon. They could be. I have them beating USC. They if they would have started faster, they would have beat USC. This defense is terrible. I'm telling you, USC is going to be in trouble. Kayla Williams is not going to always have to put up 48 points. She's not going to always going to do that. So that's Colorado has to learn how to start fast. And Colorado has some players that they are just keeping under the wraps. I understand about them. They need to get ready to play, but Omarion Miller. Where have you been? Yeah. McLean, previous number one, number one <laughs> recruit, finally <laughs> gets in, has an amazing play against Rice to, to knock down the ball. He has a, a nice ceiling. Him and Hunter on the both sides is gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. There's a lot of potential with this Colorado team that I'm seeing that I understand what coach coach prime Deion Sanders is is going about of getting these players ready, but sometimes Gotta let them loose. You gotta, you gotta let them loose. Yeah, because that game easily is won if McLean starts. Shiloh is out. You didn't have him. He was pissing blood. Now he's. They say he's back in practice. He'll be playing this week, I think. But yeah. he would have been starting. I know what I say. I know he wasn't ready. But them saying Omario Miller didn't show this in practice. Guy's a dog too. The guy's nice oh, for sure. So there's a lot of players. They have depth, but they're not meeting the requirements to play, to be able to play. But in this sense, they they had to. But USC is in trouble. Um, they they can't always go in a shootout. This is their what? This is week five, week six. This is the fifth game going to a shootout. They went in a shootout with San Jose State. It's just too many shootouts, man. And eventually, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose one of these. You're gonna yeah. lose. When you meet the it's, right right team, it's it's gonna happen. And that's what that's what worries me about USC because obviously Caleb Williams is. Like we're saying, yeah. he's one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in a while. But yes. this team and this defense, this defense is getting exposed almost every week now. First game of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Put up yeah, 20, I think 28 and 35 points on them. Yes. <laughs> no, it's not going to cut insane. it. That's insane. Yeah, it's not um, going to cut it. You're not going to playoffs like that. <laughs> um, and now getting into, into Notre, Notre Dame's a dramatic win versus Duke. They won 21 to 14, trailing 14 to 13 when they got the ball back with 235 to play. Sam Hartman and the rest of the offense um, cashed in on that chance and estimate followed the winning score two plays later. Um, and, and this was really one of those games where it felt as though um, Duke kind of had it at at, at at multiple points. And then Notre Dame ha- has a fantastic drive to, to close it out. Um, j- just a, a game that really literally went down to the last second. Um, to you, what were your takeaways from this from this game and, and, and some of the, the, the main standouts? I'm a fan. I, I already love Duke. I like Duke. I've, I've told a yeah, lot of people yeah. Duke is 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 a good team. And I think if Leonard would never went down, I think they would have had an opportunity late to try to to come back and score. Um, but to be able to come back from like, I think it was 13, 13 unanswered points, come back in half and put yeah. up put up 14 and still have opportunity to win the game. I thought they fought well. The defense looked really good to to only give up 21 points against Hartman in this running game. Man, I'm I become a fan of Hartman. I I think it's NC State. No, not NC State. God, jeez, we keep doing this. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I can't remember the, whatever team he came from. But um, I'm becoming a fan. 
he's he's not a flashy quarterback, but he makes the right decisions, and he's just high he's IQ. Boys. High IQ knows yeah. knows the game, understands what the defense is is running, and he makes the right throws. And then you have a big guy with Estemi right behind you, two touchdowns, only eighty one yards today. But Duke is Duke has a great defense, and they they hit him to eighty one yards, and that's 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 no small feat. But this game was really good. Hartman continues to show that he can lead a team down to the wire. Yeah, and this was a good game. Notre Dame. They keep coming to these close games. This we talked, you know, they the, I think they're two and zero now, coming off the loss against Ohio State. No, Ohio State was last week, the week before, so they're one and zero. Right. And yeah. we talked we talked about this game how they're going to uh, how they're going to respond after losing to Ohio State in a in a tough game. And Duke is a really good ball game. But I, I mean, think it's like they they did the, they did the reverse of what Ohio State did to them. <laughs> like yes. it's almost the same yes. the same way it ended, but Notre Dame won this one. So they yeah. Yeah, turn it around pretty quick. Um, and, and now getting to, to kind of like the most intriguing week week six game, um, Oklahoma Texas. I mean, Red River rivalry. Both teams five and zero. It's it's really going to be. I feel like one of those those matchups where we, we um, both both teams are kind of are are, are, are you know, at that undefeated mark. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Quinn Ewers uh, run game is going to be a, definitely a factor in this matchup, and Oklahoma linebacker uh, Danny Stutzman. Um, it's going to be obviously pivotal for, for the Sooners. But uh, to you, is there an intriguing uh, Week 6 game for, for you so far? Ooh, this is going to be a good one. Georgia versus Kentucky. I've never seen us give up that many rushing yards. Davis had a field day. And this Bulldogs defense is not the same it was last year, two years ago. Leary looks good. I think he's not going to make many mistakes in this OC. Oh, my gosh. The offensive coordinator is so darn good. It's going to be a good one. That is the game of the week. I don't care about Texas A&M, Alabama. That's going to be a good game. But (laughs) this is. is the game of the week. Can yeah. Georgia stop this running game? He's on fire, bro. And he's a threat in the passing game. And can the Lights Bulldogs, they come, they've been in some close football games this year. It's hard to three-peat. It's hard to three-peat. But this is not the same Georgia Bulldogs team. They keep finding a way to win, which I love. And Beck is proving and continuing to prove himself that he can be the uh, the difference maker in certain ball games. But the running game is different. They don't have the same running game. They're not, they're not running back you this year. They don't have the same type of big-time wide receivers. They only have Bowers, the tight end. Yeah. This is not the same offense. So the Kentucky defense got three guys, 6'8", 6'7". <laughs> running four sixes and four seven. It's going to be a good It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. For sure. Definitely. And, I mean, like, that's the thing. with, with the, After – being back-to-back champs, that like you said, that three-peat is different. That three-peat, that hard. three-peat attempt is so different. Because, I mean, we usually see, like, three-peats um, more so in basketball. Yeah. But especially, but football, that's that's a whole different thing. Yeah, really hard. Um, <laughs> and now getting into boxing with, with Canelo's uh, unanimous win versus Jamel Char- Charlo. This was, bro, can, it, this was quick, easy work for Mr. Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> Um, he, he dominated Charlo to retain the undisputed title um, for Charlo in round seven with an overhand right. And um, this is also the second knockdown of uh, Charlo's career. But 
this from the jump, man, like Canelo just, like we mentioned, we felt as though he was going to be the superior fighter. He was. Um, and what Charlo had to do, I mean, getting to that, going up to the two weight classes, that's a bear. And if Crawford wants to do the same thing, uh, I feel like like that's what some people are hesitant. I think Roy Jones said he, he's, like, he wants Crawford. He, he here, Here's the rumblings, rumblings of Crawford, Canelo, and he's like, I want to see him fight somebody else before he just goes up two weights to try to fight Canelo. I want to see him like get comfortable if he wants to actually do that and not just like go for the biggest challenger. Um, to you, what were your thoughts of this fight overall? Because I think Canelo, we say Canelo's getting older, but he still still can can put together top um, yeah. top notch performances. Yeah. So we already knew this was going to happen. We said this last week. Wasn't eventful. It wasn't eventful. Yeah, it wasn't. Unanimous <laughs> decision. Knew he was going to knock him out. Canelo's not a big, you know, knockout guy. Yeah, he knocked yeah. him down, but he's not going to, like, knock him out. He never had that type of power <clears throat> anymore. I would say that. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pressure fight him. He was countering him. He was, he was doing everything that Canelo does. He didn't have to adjust really to do much. Every I think he won every single round. Um, every single round. He looked, he looked good. Um but I love his speech. Like, I'm ready for anybody. Put me anybody in the ring. I think that really gave him the confidence. Like, I'm still older. I'm that guy. But I, yeah, I'm still <laughs> that guy. If you want to you want to fight me, I'm not moving down or moving up. But you come to me, and I'm going to show you. I think that would be a great fight. I believe – I do think what Roy Jones said about but not going up that fast. Wait. Smart. Knock out, knock out Wash, um, Spence again. Spence. Man, knock Spence, him out again. Spence, I'm so sorry, man. Like – we all knew about you. You're, we all knew about you. We could say your name so easily, and then like we just we just forgot. We just got set with Crawford, <laughs> bro. Uh, I don't know what you're gonna do because you're not that type of boxer to adjust. I mean, like I don't know what he can do in the ring differently. What can he do differently? Like, what like what's the difference? It's gonna unless he gets a a lucky hit on on Bud because that's that's the only way I can see it. Yeah, man. But yeah, man, I think he should. Take out Spence again, fight one more else fight, and then go get Canelo. But it has to be within the, the year. So he's fight Spence uh, probably early next year or maybe late this year, like probably February, December. Maybe. Oh, yeah, probably yeah. December, February. Yeah. Um, but it has to be quick because Canelo is getting older. <clears throat> so you got to Canelo, catch him. Canelo not going to wait around. Canelo's not going right. to wait around. And you don't want him to be like, if you beat him, like, oh, he was, you know, late stages of his career or yeah. whatever, whatever. You know how they'll, you know, to spin that. But like the Pacquiao Mayweather, because like people said, oh man, you waited for Pacquiao too late. You you got him when he was, which I would have loved to have seen Mayweather and Pacquiao in their prime. But still, you know how business goes. Business it would have been, it would've it would've been, been the, same. the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm being I'm being generous. It would have been the same thing. Mayweather yeah. wasn't getting stopped by anybody. Um, no, because he was he, he's his, his boxing IQ is is too good. He's not going to put himself in harm's way. And it's always interesting seeing him at Canelo fights because. I mean, he 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 congratulated congratulated Canelo afterwards, yeah. but every time he gets asked about Canelo, he's like, "Guys, y'all remember what I did to him, though? Y'all remember?" Yeah, what that's I did? he's always like, "I mean, he's great." <laughs> he changed because of me. Like I, exactly. I whooped him so good, he had to go change himself. So, yeah, that's, it's it was easy work. It was easy work at that time for him. It was man. That was a thinking back to that era, like Canelo. I mean, just just in a different in that in the spotlight, looking, you know, wide-eyed, like just that whole era, man, and how Canelo's just com- just been on a run. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy, bro. Yeah. Um, and, and now getting into uh, the NBA, but, but before we get to that, the, the media day part of it, um, Drew Holiday going to the Celtics 
we, we mentioned whoever got Drew Holiday, that was going to be a steal. I think um, perimeter-wise, defensively, they are going to be a nightmare. They're, he is going to – they're going to cause so much havoc on the perimeter. Um, I think this is this is one of those moves that the Celtics really needed because Kristaps Porzingis, you don't really know about his health. A lot of a lot of times, sometimes it can be iffy, can be up and down. But when I think I think them bolstering that deep, that that because we know the NBA is about perimeter defenders. It's it's yeah. moving to that positionless like type of basketball. Um, to you, what's it out to you about that move for for Boston, and like how much do you think that that helps them going forward? Yeah, that it helps them a lot. Now you don't have to start Derek White. He could come off the bench, be six yeah. man, or go into another rotation because he's better off the bench. Oh, Drew yeah. Holiday has the experience. He has the the uh, the veteran of how to win championships and what to do. He's good on front court and the back court, but he's a better both. defender. Obviously, he's both. So you get you get that point guard that you wanted Marcus Smart what he was becoming, but now you get that right away. It's an upgrade. There, there's upgrade. You, it's no waiting for him to get to that point because he could give you 15, 14 a night and give you two two steals. And he's a facilitator too, so he has all those in his arsenal. And let's one, just be honest. Let's just be honest. That he's what they wanted Marcus Smart to be. Yeah, <laughs> he's, that's what they're, that's they're exactly. literally getting. What they wanted Marcus Smart to be. Yeah, <laughs> right away the point guard they want right away. Yeah. And now, again, I think the outside of that, the biggest thing, Derek White comes off the bench. Um, I think he makes their the front five better instantly. Like you said, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Porzingis, but you lose Williams. I, I didn't, I didn't like that. I thought Williams was like get, coming to his own. He yes. was playing great defense, and he was giving buckets at, in the playoffs. I thought they should just hold though. on. Yeah, These trades are going to cost something, and that's that's the thing about the NBA. I mean, uh, we saw with the the, the 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 Dame trade, we get Dame, yeah, we lose, we lose Drew, and then for Boston, yeah, same thing, lose Williams. It, it's just, it's never going to be like. You're always gonna have that thing in the back of your head, like, man, I hate that we lost that guy. I'm glad we got well, this we, guy, but I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you still got the trade deadline. You still can, you know, trade for other players, and who knows? They try to, you know, may go get Williams back. I think that'll be a good pickup. But depending on what type of player we get out of get, they get out of Porzingis, it may it yeah. may have been a great move, but he's been injured so long, and we haven't seen the full ensemble of what he can bring. Yeah, it's it's a risky move. It's a risky. Well, he was with he was at Dallas, New York. Um, Wizards. the Wizards, yeah, the Wizards. So he's been shipped around a lot. Maybe he's healthy. Maybe he comes in and and does what they expect him to do. If not, then yeah, lose it. Yes, it's, it's like you said. It's, it's a risk factor of trading and getting other moves and players that you need. But yeah, I just don't like that move. I thought Williams yeah. was a solidified part of, of, of the nucleus. Team. Yeah, he's yes. a part of that that nucleus. He really was. Um, and, and um. Getting to NBA Media Day, obviously, man, <laughs> Jimmy Butler uh, with with the with the uh, emo <laughs> with the emo look, man. He was like, "I'm just in my emo bag uh, back." To, and you know, every first day of Media Day, he's gonna do something different with the hairstyle. Then he goes uh, with with the emo look. And um, another thing, uh, the I think with the Lakers interviews, like LeBron was talking about passing torch to AD. Everybody is mentioning that a lot because they're like, "Man, can AD actually take that and, and stick with <clears> it?" Because <throat> sometimes, because we, we always mention. We want to see consistency from AD. That's going to be that, that's going to be something that, that's going to be uh, talked about a lot. Um, were there any any interesting like points that some of the players mentioned on Media Day, or any standout uh, quotes that that that, are, that you kind of want to you know see actually? Because you can say a lot of a lot of talk on Media Day, but actually like 
play it out in the season is when it really matters. Not, not really. Nothing really stood out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the one, the biggest thing you take away is from LeBron because it was speculation of like, hey, it's Are always going to be LeBron's team, yeah. but AD has to be the best player. And I think that's what uh, Matt, uh, Matt Burnett, Barnett, whatever his name is, Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. Barnes yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But for, for, the answer to that question, I don't know if we're going to get into that now, so I'll just I'll just dive in it for a few. Can he take over the team? Can he be the best player? No. I don't think he can. Still a no. Still a no for me. <laughs> no. 11 years in the NBA. We, we've, we've seen glimpses of it. Then he's plagued by injuries. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I just don't think he could be the best player on that team. I don't think that he can be the player that they need him to be. And that's sad because he, he has that potential, but when are we going to see it? This is your lever season in the NBA. Exactly. You're like, 30 bro, now. <laughs> we haven't seen you become a dog yet. We, no. We've seen little barks here and there. Rah, rah. But, but we ain't seen no dog, man. So I don't think he can be the best player. I don't think it, it is his team. Even LeBron, it's well, it's, it's Reeves' team. <laughs> if LeBron yeah, retires today. Yeah, it's Reeves' I, I like, team. I like Reeves a lot. I like Reeves a yeah. lot. Yeah. So I don't, um, and, I don't think he can be the best player. And and another thing was, uh, I, I I forgot to mention was was AD talking about the Nuggets, and he was saying, man, like you know, me and me and Bron after they won, we were like, yeah, it's cool that they won, but they were they were just talking too much. And I'm like, what do you what do you guys expect a champion a champion to do? You got that's the team. The Nuggets are the team. M- Murray, Jokic. That is the. Be- I mean, I know what you. I know we had some disagreements about the duo. I think. I. I, I think they are the the number one. The, the number one duo. Murray, Murray. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not, is, bro. I completely forgot who, who is the who is the number one duo to you. I can't. That's no. You can't put me on a spot like that. I'm I don't sorry, have I'm time sorry. to no, prepare. No, 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 no yeah, sorry. you can't do that. <laughs> we talked about it though. That's what we I was saying. About, yeah, yeah, we, we had talked a heated, heated discussion about it. But but I like. Do you feel as though like looking at the West? Um, cause, cause I know, I know I'm, I was going to mention like what, what team has the most approved. I feel like the nuggets, they're trying to show like, Hey, like we are legitimate. We just aren't a one year, um, a one, a one hit wonder. We can do this multiple times. Like, do you feel like Denver's going to come in with feeling like feeling as though they have a lot to prove? Cause obviously teams like that want to repeat, but there's going to be a target on their back now. I don't think it's so much that they have to prove because they need to be in champions. Yeah. We, we don't we don't ask the Golden State Warriors do they have anything to prove. <laughs> uh, we didn't ask Milwaukee if they didn't have anything to prove the next right. year. So I think for them it's they don't have to have anything to prove because they already won. They won they're the NBA champions. Somebody has to dethrone them. And I think they are a complete team. A lot of pieces were you know moved around, but I think they're still a solid team. I think they're a team to beat in the West for sure. Yeah. Uh, but the team who has to uh, prove the most is the Milwaukee Bucks to me because we yeah. gave them the number one seed. We gave them the number one team in the East. You have Dame, you kept Chris Middleton, you got Lopez, you got Giannis, but can show us paper, it can work. Yeah. Yeah. On paper, it looks phenomenal. Paper. It looks good. Paper, paper boy, <laughs> Atlanta. <A> paper. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> it looks good on paper, but can these, what type of player will Dame create? Uh, Giannis to be because sometimes Giannis brings the ball down the court. Dame is the type of guy who wants the ball in his hands the majority of the time and to take the last minute shots. Will Giannis be a, a, a full on 
uh, team player? Are they going to switch up plays for this? What what would this this team look like? Because everybody right. is excited about the caliber of players on this team, but what would it actually look like? Can these guys come together and actually play real basketball? Can Chris Middleton be healthy? Can can Yon, did Giannis approve on his three point shot? <laughs> like it's a lot of still unanswered questions. We still give him number one, but they have to prove themselves. They have to prove, and you know, Joel and B said like, oh. They still got to beat us. Oh yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Joel Embiid. He was he was talking a lot about. I mean, <laughs> Philly, bro. Philly is Philly is man. Philly really is a mess now because it's one of those things where everybody's talking about man Embiid. You might as well demand a trade at this point. We all know it's not going to work in Philly. But like, what other team would you want to see? Like, like, if it was able to happen at some point in the season, would you want to see Embiid on? No, stay with Philly. They love him. Bro. They they cater to him. He's he's gonna be like Kobe. Eventually he'll get one, or they're gonna eventually put some pieces around for him to get one. I don't think any other team will cater to him like Philly does. You put him in any other organization, even the New York Knicks, he won't fit. Brooklyn, he won't fit. Toronto, I don't think he would fit. Golden State, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I hope, I hope and pray. That would be a validation, bro. Put it out there. <laughs> See how like I, my eyes just get no. I don't think they want that headache because right. Joel and B, the type of player he is, is fit for Philly. He's not going right. to yeah, be does. that t- same player with Steph, Clay, KD. KD was the guy. Oh, they stepped pitched, back for him. Perfectly. Yeah, they stepped back for him. They're not gonna do that for Joel and B. Yeah, the last you time think, the, the last time the process like things actually looked great for Philly was when Jimmy Butler was there. That yeah. year in twenty, that was like the closest. I feel like the closest they got because they were, I mean, so so close to getting to the finals. Um, I mean, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals and then possibly the finals. But that was that was when they were. And now getting to our first album review with uh, Georgia Smith's uh, Falling or Flying. Um, in her new sophomore album, this this contains some of her best songs and her voice stands out in many moments. Uh, the album highlights kind of the unknown between Falling and Flying and knowing destined for her. Um, and, and I mean, I really enjoyed this project. This is one I've been, I've been going back to a lot. I feel as though I like the gap she took between her first album, Lost and Found, and this one. I feel as though even looking at some of her interviews, she's really matured a lot. There's a lot that she's learned throughout the process of making an album and, and even the EP that she put out in 2021. Uh, what did you think about this project and just, you know, some of the, the main takeaways? I do hear the maturity, the maturity of her voice, the writing. Um, I love the, co- I can hear the confidence. There's, there's more, more up-tempo oh, beats and more, I mean, I thought it was a, it was, it was an okay project. I didn't really like love it. I didn't really love the project, but I do think it had some highlights. Like it was certain, I love how they put the album together. It flowed well. Sequencing there was some was great. Like, yeah, sequence was great. It was a lot of punches, like heavy hitting punches. But I thought some of the songs were a, a bunch of jabs. I thought she could have, like, there was certain songs. Cut I thought off she, early. A lot of some of the, a couple of the songs really cut off like two minutes, and I was like, man, I wish I could hear like more of this song going into. It's, it's like it was just was like a cutoff point where I feel as though maybe a couple of them could have been interludes. Yeah, and it could have like because it was just getting into the the nice feel of the song, and then it ends abruptly. And I think that kind of takes away from the listener's uh, experience. Certain songs, obviously, you can do short songs, but it has to be, it has to be, um, 
<laughs> it has to be the design a different way, a different yeah, way. constructed, yeah. yeah, to be able to do that too. So it won't take away from the listener's experience. But I do think I do hear the confidence. I do hear the maturity. Um, I, 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 it was sixteen songs. I thought it wasn't too long. It was it was a it was a nice set of songs. Um, there were only like five real songs that really stood out. Broken is the man. Falling or flying, I really liked. Try me was a good intro song. I love the boom boom like the yes. Like the, Get that into was it. Heavy, yeah, <laughs> that was that was those heavy punches. Those was coming uppercuts. Those was Mike Tyson. That's a Mike Tyson type of hit song. So, but I heard a lot of. I didn't hear many single songs. This was a full like it was a lot of album songs. I feel like that's why I like it so much. Is I just I really like the compilation of album songs. Like to me, yeah. this is one. This is one where I was just like, I'm not skipping a lot on this. I'm really not skipping. I'm, I'm, if I'm listening to this album, I'm listening just, to it from from. Tra- I'm yeah. just, I love that. And I was like, man, she really constructed this so good because she even she even said in one of her interviews that she gets so stuck on one song that it takes a long process for her to like do multiple. She's like, man, I just get so fixated on one song for such a long time that it's really hard for me to think about what's the next song. And I feel as though yo, know, she's she's locked in on each song. So it really yeah. compiles together so well. It doesn't feel like it's meandering. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Excellent Absolutely. point. Um, and now getting to our next review with Cleo Soul's Gold. Um, in her second album this year, uh, her oh, soul is kind of b- bearing honesty, second general compassion for the roughness and guidance as um, her younger self speaks to gener- gener- uh, generations doing their best to do their best. Um, man, like Cleo Soul has really, she's been active this year. She dropped Kevin uh, a couple weeks ago in September, then drops Gold. Um, Gold is gold. <laughs> it's like she is the musicality. She's on a difference here. Um, Jamil, he was talking about how he feels like this is one of his album year of the year contenders. And I think it is definitely going to be up there in some of the music I'm going to keep listening to throughout the year. Um, I don't even really know what else to say about her. She's just, she thinks differently. I feel as though she's in a different space of song construction and she's gaining popularity. People are, are really starting yes. to, to recognize her more. Yes. What a jump from heaven to this. This was so, so much better. How do you, how do you do that in the same year? The same year in a, in a span of few of a few weeks. It's not even like one of those like oh I drop at the beginning of the year and then the end of no it's like literally in a span of few weeks he drops this. This is a concise project. Ten songs. Our perfect album. Out. Yeah. Full scope yeah. dream album. <laughs> yeah, this is nice. This is this is a beautiful. This was beautiful. Like her voice is amazing. Her writing ability, yeah. like you can't. Yeah, it's literally you get one project and it's really good, and then you give us. She's in a pocket. She's in a nice pocket, and she's finally getting. She's gonna be at the Grammys. If she's not at the Grammys, something's wrong. And I, because I do want to. She doesn't really get a lot of. She doesn't do a lot of media. I think. I, I at least I haven't seen any. Um, interview she's done, but I would like to see just see some of her explanation of this. Like, because in the last couple of years, I mean, the, the Mother album is still, you know, obviously a, a great, just a great body of work. And then this one with what she does, and even I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay Heaven at all, but Gold is such a huge jump. It's just yeah. undeniable how good. Like, this is one of those. I mean, I heard one of like when you finish this, I was like, man, I heard one of the best albums this year. It has to be. <laughs> like there's not going to be a lot that can outdo this. So I, I, I really do want to see kind of some of her um, media notoriety go up and just some of her explanation for these projects. Yeah. I, and I'm wondering why that's, why she doesn't do much media because I'm yeah. sure 
That's how you get exposure. Yeah, that's, that's how you get exposure. Yeah. Is. yeah. So maybe maybe she doesn't want that. I don't. I don't. I don't blame her. Like I think we talked about yeah. issues. Like she can go to the store. She can go to Publix. You know, yeah. she can go go they <laughs> go places and do things. Without Isn't being that kind like, of the dream though? Like that is kind of the dream because like, it's like if you're able to do this, do it your dream, and still yeah. kind of keep that like secrecy. Because we know like the, the artists who don't have the secrecy and it just drives them crazy. If yeah. they're able to keep that, that kind of is the dream in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel as though like that that's the perfect the, the perfect um balance. Yeah, for sure. To be able to do great music, be recognized for it, but not to recognize that you can't yeah, have can't go to the a more simplistic <laughs> life. Yeah. Because I mean, going to the store, it's not like, oh, they can go. No. There's some people that can't leave their house without pictures oh. taken or somebody like that gets that gets taxing, man. You don't want that type of life. But this is what what's involved in music. You, but I think she has a good balance of I'm I'm popular enough, but I'm still I can still live a simplistic life. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um oh. it is <laughs> it is 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 um What's like the favorite your favorite project that you like that, that you ever heard from her? Like look like in terms of these last three. Gold. I I really like gold. Gold is fire. Heaven was <clears throat> Heaven was, excuse me. Heaven was more jazzy. This one was more soul. And it really resonated. I loved it. Like you don't skip a track, play it through. At all. Yeah, it was really, it was really, it was really tasteful, really, really dope. And her, you can just get lost in her voice. It's so distinguished, so unique. Nobody sounds like her. Can't mimic her. It's like Luther Vandross. You know, he did a lot of covers, but you can't mimic his voice. You can't sound like him. You can't take his sound away. It's just clear souls the same. Yeah, different. Absolutely, man. She, she, yeah, she's she's one of one, and her, I'm I'm a little. Because we always have those artists that that are for that that we know, like oh man, like this is like those exclusive. She's becoming like she's starting to branch out. People are starting to be like feel so, feel so. so I feel as though this is the year she's she's taking off. Every artist has that year to take off. This is yeah. this has kind of been the perfect the perfect uh, year for her to take off. Um, and now getting to our next review with, with Lil Wayne's the, the fix before the six. Um, and this new mixtape oh, before, before um the Carter Six drops. Um, uh, it's uh, I believe it has ten songs on it. This was, man, I had high expectations, not high expectations, but I was, after the features he was doing, I was thinking like, man, like he's going to put something together really dope in. <laughs> it was, I didn't like this, man. I, I didn't, I did not like this. I feel as though the, the songwriting um, was, was just kind of, it just was inconsistent. The production just, just got repetitive. Um, it didn't sound like focused Wayne. It sounded like he was just meandering. And after hearing some of the recent great music that we've been hearing, getting to this was like, this was just so annoying to like have to go through. So I'm like, I've been hearing great music, now I have to listen to this. It's just this doesn't. Jeez, Louise, well, I'm sorry, man. I'm so this was not good, bro. This was not good. I, and yeah, I, 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 hate, I hate to go in on this. I, I really do. I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. In. But I, this, it was just mid yeah. to me. It, it is. You're right. Fine. You're right, bro. This is mid. This is not Wayne. And I think it's his 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 right. Well, you know. Technically, that's still writing, even though you don't use paper, because he, mm. whatever. I don't want to get into that whole. Um, I wrote that. Whole thing. <laughs> Probably, it's still okay. writing, regardless of whatever. Like, writing it down or not. Whatever. Okay. Um, I thought this was mid. I thought his rapping was outdated a little bit. 
the production did get repetitive. It sounded like, like you know how Young Thugs and Gunners, it just gets repetitive after a while. It's the same thing. Doesn't like you said, it doesn't sound like he's focused. But yeah, all the the little features and all the stuff he's done, I'm like okay, yeah, Wayne is overdue for an album or a project to drop. This is not it. This is. This this is not it. This isn't this is not the Wayne that we consider one of the greatest. Yeah, this was yeah. Yeah, I because didn't I didn't like Right this. when I finished the last song, my the, the Spotify shuffled into Never Die with with Nas and Wayne. I was like, this was the Wayne I was wanting. Right. <laughs> I was yeah. like, why are you teasing me like this, man? Cuz you've been on a Nas project Tyler the Creator, you were on yep. Drake's CLB. You've been doing active stuff like you've been owning features and now it's just like and I, and I know he's he still got to drop the Carter Six, so maybe this was like I'm a tease. Maybe this was a tease, but this was a bad tease. I mean, this was a bad tease, man. At, at least give us a good teaser, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I before didn't, I before didn't Drake, this. before Drake dropped CLB, he gave us Darkling demo tapes, and that was music we could still vibe to. So I mean, this was it like drops. It here it goes again. Drake always finds a way to get it. Oh man, my bad, my bad. Oh gosh, he dropped. No, God. I'm about to say he drops tonight. <laughs> I'm wet. I'm ready for that. He drops tonight, bro. Did you? Did you? Were you able to hear the um the 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 eight a.m. eight a.m. song he did the eight a.m. in Charlotte? No, I saw the little video on his Instagram yeah, with him it, it talking was, to a. You should check it out. You should check it out. He does a a conductor Williams beat. One of the Griselda people. He he raps. Over. Is it, it was is it out or he just put on an Instagram? It, it's on YouTube. It's on it's on it's on YouTube. He didn't he didn't um yeah it's on his Instagram and YouTube, but he just didn't put it out officially. So. Um, was it? He was he was rapping, rapping. <laughs> he was. was rapping. It? Okay, okay. He was I'm rapping. He had to get himself get off his chest. <laughs> um, okay, but but uh, getting into our next review with Nick Grant's uh, Sunday Dinner. Um, this new album is packed with just a lot of substance. It's reflective and at times contains solemn depth plus uh, realistic optimism and, and strong opposition. Uh, man, this this album is one I've been really stuck on. I think Nick Grant. Uh, He's able to get into different pockets. The production is, is so good. His lyricism is there. The features were solid. Um, I, I know I keep saying about their albums of the album of the year contenders. This is another another album of the year contender. I think the the sequencing and the the theme of the album was really solid. And everything, the production was high level. The lyricism was high level. He, he almost has that like Kendrick voice sometimes, where he can meander into like almost a jazzy a jazzy type of flow. At the some word point. of the day. I don't, what you <laughs> See, Why do we always me. get stuck? You yeah, we, me. we always get stuck. Nah, he's right. He's right. He's right. <laughs> but uh, but man, that I, I I really like this album. Um, I I thought it I thought it was one that was um thought out really well, but also yeah. the production matched um what he was trying to say. I don't know about album of the year, but I did enjoy this. He's this was a really good album. And I was afraid that he was going to get into that mode of just not being versatile. And man, he's so versatile. He can switch it up with a knee. The hooks were really, really good. Some of these hooks, I was like, okay. What song was it? I think it's Know Your Word. Rama said, that's my favorite track. Bro. That's my favorite track. Buddy was rapping his butt off in the hook. Like it just, it was just a nice. It, rem, it rem, I know he's not from the South. He can't be from the but he sounds like Outcast. He sounded like um He's been influenced by those guys for sure. Yeah, uh Goody Mob a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, yo, this sound like Outcast. Like, yo, I mean this Sunday dinner, really Sunday, Sunday dinner is a southern title, though. 
That's yeah, a title. he might he might be from he might be from the south because I mean See, that's a. I mean he's getting his hair he's getting his haircut. He got like the the catfish dinner. Yeah, I saw that. Like <laughs> get the taper. <laughs> yeah, he looking weird. Like he just saw something. Like somebody got shot. Like what? <laughs> but uh, no, I really enjoyed this one. That was by far my. He has some some other bangers on here, but that was far more far by far my favorite song on this track. I mean on this album. But yeah. Nice album. Versatile beats were amazing. I don't know about album of the year. I, I know I'm. I'm saying my personal, like one of my personal. Yeah, favorites. right, right, right. I, like Cleo yeah, yeah. Soul's gold. I mean, I, that's like an objective. Like, yeah, this is half right. the album of the year. PDDs. I, yeah, I was talking about. Yeah, 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 that's that's up there. I'm talking about one of my one of my personal favorites so far is is this album. Uh, it's just a, a straight a straight run through overall. Um, and getting to our last review with Lil Yachty and Jake Cole's The Secret Recipe. Um. In this new track, kind of fueled by a jazzy beat that they never. Fl- I'm not gonna say jazzy anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna stop saying jazzy. Anyways, <laughs> this, no. This... <laughs> okay, oh, good, 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 good. Um, but 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 they, they both take um a turns rapping long for three verses, and J Cole to me has a really um we have been knocking some of J Cole's recent work, but bro, this I don't know if, I don't know what he, <laughs> I hope he didn't hear our clip. <laughs> But man, he he sounded agitated. He sounded yeah. like, oh, you guys forgot. He yeah. is one of the best. He's still one of the best, man. He, he's he's one of the, 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 the top three, obviously. The wordplay, the punchlines, everything was masterfully done. Um, and, and I think when it comes to Yachty, uh, there were bars in there. I I was confused why he started the, the verse sound like, like he was out of breath. I, it's hard for me to listen to because I sound it feels uncomfortable. I'm like, why did you start this the verse like that? Just just breathe. Just try to be <laughs> just, different. Just, just, uh, yeah, but but regular. Just, just rap, just rap, man. It you know, wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. If he well, would have just rapped, first in a half regular, wasn't bad. The second right. half was just like, yeah, okay, you just I, it's hard. It would yeah. be right. <laughs> My nephew could run up. I got so bad. Why did you end it? Like, uh, I'm sorry. It's I'm being so big. hard, <laughs> and that that goes to show you how hard it is to actually write, bro. Man, it's tough. To, it, you could start off really fire, but it it matters beginning to end, end lazy. of your verse. Yeah, you got lazy and like kite, but it's like all right, bro. All right, Jaco, come on. <laughs> all right, bro, all right, all right, cool, cool effort. <laughs> right, because even in that, right, even in that little muddle voice, I was like, okay, he's still rapping. Rapping his butt off a little bit. Yeah. You talking about like I ain't switched the culture. What he did, we got to give him his flowers. For sure. He did. He did kind of like give rap a new. I think he's to me. He started that mumble rapping, different style of rapping yeah. that we normally didn't see. And like yeah. I think it was like 2012 to 11, whatever. Like I think he was in that. Yeah, but we got to give him flowers. But you got to write better, brother. Come on, you got to write better. But this bar. It it may it might be you know, just like a travel pillow. We at your neck for the way you <laughs> the way you sleep. <laughs> it's like J Cole. Yo, back, welcome, welcome back. back. Welcome you have been back, missed. <laughs> yeah, bro. Hey, that's a bar. I don't have anything to say. I don't have that's anything to say. <laughs> that is a bar, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a that was a yeah, master but, verse. Yeah. So many, so many witty, so many witty lines. And that's what, and and this is what I wanted to say. This is what we meant about we know what J. Cole can do. This is what we meant. Yes. We're not, we're not, we're not trying to, we're not trying to put, put, put him down a notch. No. 
he's he's one of our favorites. He's always been one yeah. of our favorites. Yeah, we're talking about the tracks. Just listen to the tracks you heard earlier this year and listen to that one. That's the totally this, this is the guy we expect. This is the guy we. Expect. There's a standard. Yeah, he's been put in the same realm as Kendrick Lamar and Drake, which yeah. I love the line he said. Not, not quite the Drake effect. <laughs> yeah, not quite the Drake effect, but take, but yeah, I, bro. You guys still gotta respect me. You still yeah, gotta respect bro. me. <laughs> I've so been around. He's, yeah, he's last senior years, he's considered one of the best rappers yeah. in this time. So there's a standard. Even if you're doing a feature, there's a standard that we, 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 we J. Cole needs to meet every time he raps. Because if you're considered one of the greats of the past 10 years, we, I don't, I don't do Kendrick. We put him on like there's a standard. If he doesn't meet it, like the one with Baby Keem, I didn't like it. Like we're fair. Full scope podcast is fair. Always. We are we're connoisseurs of music, of rap, true rap. So we're gonna hold everybody who's there to the standard at which they should be. We're fair here. Definitely. Full fair. Full scope is fair. <laughs> I endorse that. <laughs> I endorse that message. <laughs> Don't cancel us. Okay. Don't cancel We're, us. Fair. We're fair. Again, a lot of people, a lot of people were like, man, what are you guys talking about? Where are you? <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. You guys so local. <laughs> so you telling me Passport Bros verse was fire. Mm-mm, Get out of here. This showed us we were right. This showed us we were right. <laughs> The verse with him and uh, Gucci Man. You think that? F- nah, uh-uh. <laughs> come on. We All know right, the real. Brother. We know the real. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're coming to America Review. Welcome back to the show. Now we're getting into our Coming to America review. And to start the overview, this is a 1988 romantic comedy film directed by John Landis and based on a story originally created by Eddie Murphy. Uh, the film also co-stars Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones, uh, Sherry Headley, and John Amos. It had a budget of $36 million and brought in 288.8 to $350 million. It's got a ridiculous 73% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, you guys fail us again. Just when we think y'all are going to uphold a classic, they're just like, see, see my... <laughs> <laughs> um but man like we were mentioning before this is a movie we have seen countless times yeah this is one we know like like the the, the back of our hand it, it's just so many classic scenes uh eddie murphy is at his peak arsenio hall is too and yes. it's one of those ones where i mean eddie murphy is playing multiple characters he's showing his versatility um this is around the time i mean he was in movies like obviously like boomerang 48 hours beverly hills yeah it, just so many uh, classic movies, and this one w- was one that everybody knows. Um, what 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 stands out to you when you just think of this movie? Think back to it, and just you know what it even means years later. Can't forget Harlem Nights uh, before that for that. But this movie, man, this is the first time he was able to like show his versatility, play different characters, yeah, show the comedy, the more. Uh, more stretch comedies and stand-up comedy because it's, it's obviously it's a difference. It's sort of kind of similar writing, but stand-up comedies writing is you know is different for punchlines. This it was more of body body language, how they spoke, how they talk, how they looked, and then you can identify because you've seen these characters before. Everybody's been to a barbershop with an old guy you used to spin old yarns talking nothing but nonsense. Mama name is Mama Nate McClay. I'm a call. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I was really watching it a few hours ago. <laughs> hey, when no. you talk about the the uh the the the, the Joe the Joe Lewis and Frank Sinatra. 
Frank yeah. Sinatra was in here one day. He said, Joe Louis, born 37. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to save him because I got so many seeds, bro. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I'm sorry, but no, uh, this, yeah, this was this is such a funny movie from beginning to end. And, um, you had a lot of young actors in here before the time, mm-hmm. and then you had they blew up the legend Jamie L. Jones, uh, playing his father. And it was just, I mean, perfect just, voice, bro. <laughs> perfect voice, it was comedic gold, bro. Like, it had it, it was just funny. You, how is it? I'm gonna say this. I think this is one of the five most rewatchable movies yes, you bro. can find, bro. I think yes, every, bro. I, every time it pops up on TV, I'm like, I'm just gonna wait to see me not like it once. I'm just, and it's not, it never happens. It never happens. Just <laughs> when they're, the, show when they're soul, in the church, bro? when they're. <laughs> hey, you got the pick. They... You got the pick. You got the pick. <laughs> He's like looking in the mirror. Like, you gotta get her here. <laughs> No, when they sat on that couch and they got up, and it was nothing but that's why they used to put kept the the plastic on there. That's exactly why, because people used to sweat their jerk curl out. <laughs> <laughs> Let your soul Man. go. Oh my goodness, Man, we're not gonna get through this, bro. We're, we're, we're not, this is hey, I'm let you know, listeners. This is one we're not gonna get. Through. We're not gonna get through this. Um, and getting to our to our first topic, one of four stars, what would you give it? Um, clear four stars. Um, yes. I mean, you can even give it whatever you want. That's the highest, highest, highest amount, bro. This is this checks so many boxes. This might be the epitome of checks boxes yes, films, bro. bro. But everything from from the chemistry of, of the characters, um, the the comedic elements, yeah. um, just the rewatchability. This movie is so rewatchable to me. Um, yes. What, what, what would you give it from one of four stars? Four stars, bro. The writing in this film, bro, is so funny. It's not forced either. It's really just, 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 I don't even know. Like, it's so funny. We can't even get through sentences. We can't even get these sentences. (laughs) Bro, even the opening scene, like the whole entire movie from beginning to end, you're laughing nonstop. And then it gives you the love and all that stuff and the seriousness about it and the, you know, but this is one of his funniest movies he's ever done. Ever. It's not forced. You can watch this thing came out in the 90s. I didn't watch Coming to America 2. I wasn't going to take my eyes. And don't do it. And don't do it. <laughs> no, I'm don't not going to do it. <sighs> um, but shout, this out, thing- shout out to the fact that every movie has to have a Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Samuel Jackson cameo. And this one does it. <laughs> the stick up scene. <laughs> Yo, McDowell's, bro. <laughs> no, you know what's funny? They used that in a recent <gasps> commercial. Oh, my goodness. McDonald's did. They was doing all these movies that had McDonald's. Oh, they had to run it through. They had to run and it then back. McDowell's, they got the, the Big Mac. We got... The, yeah, I was like, bro, that's so funny. But yeah, Man. McDowell's. Oh, my goodness. It had Louis Anderson in there. Oh, yes. my goodness. He was such a good comedian, and he had his own TV show, a cartoon TV show. So there was so many people in there, man. Four stars. It's just, it's just comedic gold, bro. It's gold. It's it's, it's so much gold in it. Um, and now getting to um, favorite character. Um, I, w- I would go with 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 Akeem. Uh, he he has so many. Just obviously, he's he's the, he's the main focus in the movie. 
Um, it's a it's an exceptional. It's one of the best performances yeah. we've seen from from Eddie Murphy. One one of his Hall of Fame ones, and just throughout the film, he just um, <laughs> when he's talking about the jet, the Jets game. <laughs> the jet, did you see the Jets? Game? <laughs> it was the most entertaining match I've ever seen. <laughs> Say, hey, son, I want you to tell you one thing: stay off the drugs. <laughs> and then he was like, "Yes." <laughs> oh my goodness, bro! Who, who do you got so for favorite character? Hakeem, <laughs> bro. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, I could go for Arsenio's hard character. But yeah, Hakeem was, it was just, it was just funny. Just Eddie Murphy in general. I could go, I forgot the dude at the barbershop, him, he was funny. Because when they was passing the collection plate. With the, the chicken ball. The chicken ball. He was like, he was like, donation, donation. <laughs> <laughs> donation, donation. I thought it was trash. <laughs> hey, yo, this movie's so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> that boy's um, good. That boy's good. <laughs> no, no, he's not. Randy Watson. Randy oh my Watson. goodness. <laughs> Section chocolate. <laughs> Y'all look so lovely. <laughs> Damn, this was so good. <laughs> oh and, my and, goodness. And, and before we move on, the cat like the thing we have to mention, the casting is just exceptional. It's yeah. not just Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. It's it's multiple characters. Like, do you feel as though that was like we always mention that's the key, but do you feel as though for a movie like that? They, the director knew, hey, it just can't be the top two. It's really got to be a full lane yeah. of great, of great actors. Yeah, I mean, you you attract James Earl Jones to the mix. That brings a, a different audience because he was on Broadway too. He was yeah. doing a bunch of stuff. He did Fences on Broadway. It, it's a lot of things he was doing at the time. So bringing him into the mix that brings a whole nother viewership because I mean, he was doing voice voiceovers. He was still doing movies. He, he did Sandlot before that. Like he was doing so much. Star Wars, don't get me started. He was Darth Vader. Oh my goodness. So, like, he had a different type of viewership. And then you you bring in Louis Anderson. Samuel Jackson had his cameo before he was big. But that was a funny part. Like, it was so many different actors in here. Unknown actors that came out and kind of solid, not solidified themselves, but just introduced themselves into the the, the, the uh, mix. acting. Yeah, the acting mix, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now getting into some memorable scenes, I had um, also uh, that the, the king has entered... Uh, the building, um, all of the barbershop scenes yes. <laughs> for sure. Um, the, the sparring session, uh, King of New York, um, the, the, the McDowell stick up scene, um, also the, the King's motorcade scene, the, the yeah. royal breakfast scene, um, McDowell's not not McDonald's, <laughs> um, the, the King visits McDowell's uh, house, um, the bride to be princess. It's obviously the the, the black uh, awareness pageant <laughs> the, the whole movie so, the whole, you really the, named the, the whole, whole movie. movie the whole movie bro because this is one this is one of those those movies when I was looking back at the scenes I was like bro every scene in this is gold uh were there were there any like just particular ones that are that are the main memorable ones <laughs> it was like why everybody's getting upset with Hakeem he's not the he's not the prince <laughs> and then what's comes in who told you that? <laughs> hey, oh, Simi, Camilla, what you doing? <laughs> and then once he was chasing after uh, her on the subway, he was like, "If you're really a prince, I'll marry you." <laughs> and he just gave it to him. He was like, "You know what? You can take it, baby. I don't." <laughs> but nah, yeah. And then obviously when he he gets surprised that she's the bride or whatever bro, at the it, tail end, obviously in the movie. Is, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's too many, uh, bro. So, so so many. I mean, we're 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 just being honest with you guys. This this is one that's 
very hard to get, hard to get to. Um, and, and before we move on, um, we mentioned how Eddie Murphy has had like some of the best. Um, this this was his his role. This was his run of just being in great movie after great movies, eighties yeah. and, and and early nineties. Um, are there any ones that that you feel as though man, this is like? Or are there a couple or, or a few that you that you say are like you know at his Mount Rushmore of just great movies? Oh man, life is definitely yes. there. Um, I want to. I want to say Harlem Lights, but I won't give it to it. I'll put Coming to America up there. Obviously, uh, the first... Well, I like the second Clumps more than I like the first and the third one. So Clumps is definitely on there because it shows his versatility. And it was just like... It was just comedic go. That was funny. Like the yeah. whole movie was funny with Janie Jackson. Um, ooh. He's Boomerang is a good one. Oh, man. That's a that's really, a good, really one. good one, bro. That's a really good one. Yeah, that's definitely on his mind because he had all these young actors in there. David Al Greer. He had uh, Martin Lawrence in there. Holly Berry. Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, John Witherspoon. Like, so yeah. he had a, a bunch of actors in there. But yeah, I think those four, you could make, you know, Beverly Hill Cops was obviously was good, but I really wasn't a huge fan of those. Uh, but you can you can make the case for a lot. He's, his catalog is really really dope, for sure. I mean, and and like you you saw Arsenio Hall was just super talented. I mean, he had his yeah. had the late night so show. Funny. Then this, I mean, yeah, he's we got to mention Arsenio Hall was hilarious too in this movie, bro. Yes. <laughs> um, and now um and, and and now getting into to, to most memorable quotes, I had uh uh his mama call him Clay, I'ma call him Clay. Yeah. Um, also um, so why did you come here? And then a prince, I came to find something special. Uh, yeah. Also, it's a long way to travel. Um, oh, oh, there they, 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 oh, there they go, there they go. Every time I start talking about boxing, <laughs> I got to <laughs> mention Rocky Marciano. <laughs> I love that line where he's like, "You just got to mention Rocky Marciano." <laughs> um, and, and also, uh, um, and uh, if if loving is wrong, I don't I don't want to be right. Just so yeah. many so many great quotes in this. Uh, do you have any any particular standouts? I'm just gonna add one, and it was. Uh... <laughs> Eddie Murphy's playing a white guy. He was like, the guy sat down. He had, he ordered some soup. He was like, uh, I, I can't eat this. He was like, what's wrong with the soup? I can't eat the soup. He was like, oh, I forgot the joke. But he was like, uh, where's your spoon? He was like, ah-ha-ha. ha <laughs> He was like, oh, whatever. It was a funny, I can't remember it per se, but that one, that one stood out the most because he was actually playing yeah. a white guy. Damn. And then the, the versatility. Joke was, yeah, the joke was funny. The joke was funny. He was like, aha, and everybody looking at him like, all right, bro. <laughs> you only here. Uh, <laughs> you only here for uh, affirmative action. <laughs> gotta have a white yeah. guy at the barbershop. Yeah, man. gotta have a white guy at the barbershop, bro. <laughs> um, and now getting into to, to what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, to, to me, just the I think the trajectory, obviously, of, of you know him going from going from royalty and then and then like choosing to be in a lowly environment and yeah. then actually finding the woman he wanted to be with cuz i mean that you got to think about like that system of just them picking who your wife was is yeah. so weird like you can't even weird, really connect bro. like you just this is your wife yeah i mean you, you don't have any choice you just got to go right. with it so i mean just 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 a really completely weird environment but to you was there a particular element of this storyline you kind of like the most yeah that was I me mean, basically it and him you know, tricking his father, telling him he want to go soil his roll of oats, and then he's trying to find a loving life in New York. Oh, we forgot that scene when he was in the bar, uh, oh. talking to the girl. My name, I was, I was Jordan. <laughs> I was Jordan Hark in my former life. Hey, get this crazy! Hey. Or that one is like, 
I like to worship the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Arsenio Hall. He was like, I want to eat you alive. You and your friend too. He was like, <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was funny. It was him. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that scene. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, that was the most. We haven't even mentioned the beautiful Lisa McDowell, bro. Oh, she was. Ten. Ten. Her Ten. sister was, it was uh, promiscuous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, at the Knicks game, yeah. It's halftime, <laughs> bro. Yes. <laughs> My boy like, trying to get up out of there. excited. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't even mention the bath the St. John scene. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh the man. St. John scene and then and that then the guy good. when he's in the concession stand, the guy just like bows down and then Oh yeah, then, yeah, yeah. They yeah, yeah. Him, How did you meet this guy? He's like, oh uh met him in the restroom. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. That's not All right. weird. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, man. Um uh, and get get into our to our to our last topic, you know, um ten years from now, will this be watchable intriguing? We obviously obviously know it will. I mean it, it is really past every metric. Yeah. And this this is like when we do these movies, like movie reviews of like 10 years from now will be watchable and intriguing. This is one of the movies that to me is the epitome of watchability and intriguing yeah. multiple decades from now. I think even newer viewers a decade from now will like this movie. Um, it, it, it's obviously one that they may not be as familiar with, but I think everybody knows that this is one of the staples in Eddie yeah. Murphy's catalog. And it's, um, it's, it's just a, a certified classic. You're talking about comedic genius, writing ability, versatility. I mean, even a 10-year-old will laugh at this film. Like yeah. it's, it's so funny and it's relatable because most of these characters we've seen before, especially the barbershop, especially um, uh, people that's from another country, they don't know the, <laughs> the the ins and out of what's going on and trying to you know get adjusted. So yeah. yeah, this film is definitely obviously it was it was made in the nineties. Great film. Mm. It's it's definitely one that you rewatch. You you if it comes on TV, you're gonna like, okay, it. I'll watch it. Yeah. For sure. And I just wanna say Daryl is the type of guy that we all hate. I don't he always 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 gets the prettiest girls but has no substance. He's like, My no girl substance. my girl shouldn't have to work. Uh, what can I get you? I'll get you coffee. <laughs> just like, okay. And she's like, all right. <laughs> I could get myself coffee, bro. I can get my- <laughs> he said it so tight. I'll get you coffee, <laughs> and then you live it off your parents' money, like, bro. Come on, man. Like, what do you actually? Do? You don't do anything, <laughs> bro. If he would have threw that, what's coming and landing on my I shirt? I would have pulled up, bro. I'm not just watching you drive off with with, with the wannabe girlfriend. I would <laughs> exactly. I'm pulling you out the car, cause nah, what you talking about, bro? We in and New York friend- too. And my friend laughing at me like, nah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what you laughing at? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, it's absolutely just just yes. a perfect film. There's no no critiques. Ron Tomatoes, get it, get it together. Get it, yeah, yeah. You need to get it together. Bunch of nerds. Get together. <laughs> Bunch of nerds. Bunch of nerds. <laughs> Oh, this is a C minus. This is oh my god. This is a technical. I don't get his comedy. Oh, what is what up. is a barber shop here? <laughs> <laughs> what are they like? That's good. That was good. That was good. Oh my goodness! Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wendy Burns. I'm kind of brought to you by Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.